So uh, good morning. It is so good to be together. I'm excited. I am ready to start this sermon series. I get to be out of the gate here a little bit with you on joining Jesus on his mission. Uh, I'm excited, and I want to say this, and I, don't, I really don't want this to be an exaggeration. I believe that if this series of joining Jesus on his mission really sinks in, the potential of this series to be the most life-changing, kingdom-building, reformation-igniting series in a long time, because joining Jesus on his mission is important. I, I, again, before we get into prayer, let me just, a couple of things I think are obvious. This world is falling apart at its seams. And the only thing that can bring hope and healing to our world is Jesus. Agreed? Good. I'm excited because like last week, Pastor Andy was preaching about serving and he said the same thing. If we could be a three-thirds church, meaning all ages, all people in mission together, I believe two amazing things will happen. One of them is that we, each and every one of us, will fall deeper in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. And especially as we see ourselves and the world around us through his eyes. And right alongside of that, if we join Jesus on his mission, there will be lost, lonely, and hurting people that will find amazing hope and healing in the same place you and I have already found it, through the blood of Jesus. You see, there are people out there whose names you and I don't know yet, but God does. And he's orchestrating our lives so that they, those people, will come to know Jesus through you and me. See, John 3.16 that we said together a moment ago isn't just intended for us who already know Jesus. It's intended for those who don't know him yet. Today, my goal is to set the table, if you will, for these next eight weeks in our series together. And, and I want to just boldly implore you, boldly encourage you. I want you to be present through the whole thing. I want you to be engaged. I want you to be ready for the Lord to do mighty things in you and through you because this is that important and the mission of saving lost people is critical. Today there's some important things that I want to share with you about why this is so important. That's really my, my goal today to share why. And I'll tell you something, if you listen closely and I can tell that you're listening closely, if you're good and we have time, I'll teach you something fun at the end, okay? And I know a lot of you know heckling if there's time. Right, I mean, seriously, I'll get there. I'll get there, trust me. We're going to have time, and it's going to be fun. But let's pray. Shall we do that? Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us. Guide us on this mission. Lord, we want to jo join you, Jesus, on your mission, and that is to redeem lost people, people that even as we're sitting in this room right now don't know you yet. And Lord, this isn't going to be uh, about complication and, and fear and intimidation or anything, Lord, but it's something so easy that we can come alongside of you and yet so powerful to reach people's lives. So bless us as we start this adventure together. Lord, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was talking with a young man this week. Uh, he's been going through some pretty difficult times and uh, in his early 20s. 
and he said to me in, in a moment of clarity as we were talking about, he's trying to make some decisions and he's also going through difficult times, I should say that. And in a moment of clarity, I'll put the quote, this is what he said to me. He said, God is up to something in all of this. I just feel it. I'm asking him to help me see what he's up to. Now, I want to ask you, have you ever had uh, that same thing happen in your life? Maybe not a difficult time that you're going through, but has it ever felt like God is up to something, that he's, he's messing with you in order to get your attention? And I don't mean messing in, in a bad or mischievous way. I'm, I'm talking about in all of the noise and all of the chaos and all of the challenges around us, have you ever felt like God is just really trying to get your attention? You see, I believe if you and I stop all the craziness around us a little bit and, and pay close attention, I think what we'll see is that Jesus is messing with us, all of us. And he's messing with a lot of people all the time. And it's not because he's looking for something to do. It's not because Jesus is bored. It's because he's up to something. He's on a mission, Jesus is, of redemption, of bringing lost people into his family. He's robbing Satan of people who are currently on the road to destruction. You see, he's up to making all things new. And yes, this world is falling apart. And yes, it's falling deeper into darkness, but Jesus is on the move. And the reason that he's messing with us, trying to get our attention, is so that we'll stop and look and see what he's already doing around us. Why does he want us to pay attention to that? Because his intention is to invite us to join him, to join him on this mission, this exciting and beautiful adventure, this mission of redeeming lost people. And as we unpack this series over eight weeks, today being the first one, you're going to see clearly, let me tell you what it's not going to be. We're not going to see that this is a program with 10 steps to winning people for Jesus. That's not what it is. This isn't complicated, and it won't be intimidating to you. It's not, here's a big thing, it's not about adding another uh, layer of busyness over your already hectic lives. Rather, joining Jesus on his mission requires us to adopt a fresh new mindset, a missional mindset. And what that means is that every one of us has a sense of purpose, a sense of duty and passion and responsibility for the mission of God. And what we're going to look at during this series is what it means to be missional right where God has already planted you in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in the classrooms, at the park, wherever, what I would like to ask you to do is I would like to ask you to set aside fear. Set aside any preconceived notions of what you think being missional is all about. And rather than fear, let curiosity open up your hearts and your minds to a whole new but very old paradigm that every single one of us can join in. What we're going to do over these eight weeks is that we're going to look at some very easy and very practical ways of coming alongside of Jesus and what he is already doing in people's lives. And we're going to start to understand. We'll start to see beautiful and life-giving ways to engage our neighborhoods as, well, let's call it neighborhood missionaries. 
Now, here's a really cool part. You got to hear this because this will help alleviate some of the fears that I know are already on your hearts and minds. Jesus is already way out ahead of you doing the heavy lifting. He is already working on people's hearts and lives. Jesus is already tilling the soil of cold and hardened hearts. In fact, Jesus is responsible for and will always do the heavy lifting of mission. He is in charge of results, not you. He's in charge of changed hearts and of people coming to saving faith and salvation. Those are things only He can do. What we're going to do is examine what it means to come alongside of Him right in the everyday places of life. Now, trust me, friends, this is not rocket science. It doesn't require, uh, again, us to, to stand on a street corner with a bullhorn, but it does require us to intentionally adopt a mindset of living our lives on purpose, living our lives on mission. Now, this being the first Sunday in this series, I want to place two big challenges before you. Uh, They're not challenges as in something you need to do, but something you need to understand as to why this is so important that we join Jesus on his mission. And I want to paint for you a little bit of a picture of what the missional landscape looks like in our nation today. What does Jesus see when he looks at this great nation of ours today? Now first, the first thing I want to place, there's two of them. First one, I want to place before you, this might come as a shock to some of you and maybe not to others, but the question is this, do you know where one of the biggest mission fields is on planet earth today? Do you know where it's at? I see people, yep, you're absolutely correct, it is the United States. In other words, our people need Jesus. What that means for you is that the odds are great and growing every single day that the people you interact with every single day or on a daily basis in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in schools, ball fields, wherever it is, there is a higher likelihood that you will meet people that have A, either never known Jesus ever or have fallen away from him in his church. You see, we are living in a post-Christian culture. Our children, our grandchildren are growing up in a post-Christian culture. What does that mean? Pew Research Center says it this way. Only a few decades ago, a Christian identity was so common among Americans, it could almost be taken for granted. As recently as the early 1990s, about 90% of U.S. adults identified as Christians. But today, two-thirds of adults identify that way. That is a drastic drop. Now, we take great pride in the fact that our country was founded predominantly as a Christian nation. The big problem, though, is that many churches and many Christians think and act like that's still true. There's many who attend church regularly that believe that the church is still the center of culture, that it's still the center of society, and that we imagine, even some people imagine, that lost people out there that don't know Jesus are actually searching for a church to make their home. And so for many churchgoers today, outreach, missions, it really boils down to this. Pastors need to, need to preach great messages. Music needs to be top-notch. Our buildings need to be big and beautiful and modern and technologically savvy and all those things. If all those things are true, then people will come, kind of that field of dreams mentality. But that is simply not true anymore. 
Lost people are not seeking the church. And so the church must seek them. The body of Christ, you and me, we must reorient ourselves to missional living in those everyday places, looking for those people who need Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't set up a tent in Jerusalem and wait for people to come to him. No, he went out to meet them right where they were at. He, he, right in the dust, right in the dirt, right in the messiness of life, Jesus would meet them there and he loved them well which would earn the right for him to share that life-saving gospel message with them. So the first thing that you and I need to understand as one of those big whys that joining Jesus on his mission is so important is that the U.S. is one of the largest mission fields on planet Earth, and you and I are missionaries. Jesus is it's an exciting adventure, and I'll tell you what, could there be anything more valuable and any more thing more fulfilling than seeing lost people saved. Now, the second thing. So we got a big mission field. The second thing, and this I want to share with you will maybe help understand why lost people are not looking for the church today. Uh, again, why they're not seeking us today and why we must go to them. I want to use an illustration that Pastor Finke uses in his book. If you read it, you'll see this and, and, uh, and, and see what it, this, how this illustration works. In. But let me show you a picture. Here's a picture of the Choloteca River in Honduras. What's wrong with the picture? Several things. One, there's no road attached to the bridge, and that was because it was washed away. But I think even the more obvious thing, in my opinion... Well, let me explain it. This state-of-the-art bridge that you see here was built by a, a Japanese firm for the Honduran government. And when it was built, it perfectly spanned the Choloteca River. However, in 1998, Honduras was hit by Hurricane Mitch. And in, uh, it stalled out over the country and dumped like 75 inches of rain in a short amount of time. And the torrents of water coming out of the mountainous regions and joining this river uh, did so with such ferocity that it forever changed the course of the river. In the matter of a few days, a perfectly good, well-built, well-placed bridge became obsolete. Pastor Finke says it in his book this way, the real problem isn't that someone built the wrong bridge in the wrong place. The problem is that the river moved. So what does that have to do with joining Jesus on his mission? Well, if we use the Choloteca River as an illustration of all of the lives of all of the people in North America, in our country, if we use that river as an illustration, well, it used to be that the bridge, if the bridge was the church, the bridge used to span that mighty river. You know what? There was a time where almost everyone, not everyone, but almost everyone at some point in their lives had some interaction with the church. And what I mean by that is you could talk to an ardent atheist and, and, say, and they would say, if they talked about their lives, yeah, well, I was baptized as a baby, or yeah, I went to Sunday school as a kid, or I went with my family to church on Christmas and Easter. And again, uh, what we would find is not everybody stuck with it, but, and, and many fell away, but historically, somehow, somewhere, almost everyone had some interaction with the church in North America. The church used to be central in our society, but there have been storms. There have been hurricanes of sin and darkness. Unchristian philosophies and ideologies have carved new riverbeds in the landscape of our land. And the river has moved. 
And because the river has moved, for many people, they have never seen the inside of a church. And for them, the church is like this picture of this, of this bridge. The church is obsolete. The church is irrelevant. And because so many people have never personally experienced what it means to be a part of a loving family like we have here at Messiah, the only thing they know about us is what they hear and what they're told out there, which is generally very negative. But see, for you and I, we know the truth. We know that Jesus' church is not obsolete. It's not irrelevant. It is the hope that a sin-sick world needs. It is the body of Christ gathered around His Word, receiving the sacraments, uh, worshiping our God, helping each other, encouraging each other as we all face life in this broken world. My friends, that's why this is so important. Lost people need Jesus. And they need us to introduce him to them. Joining Jesus on his mission will be the most important thing you ever do. And it will bring the most joy and fulfillment that you could ever experience as you see God work miracles in people's lives. It's true the riverbed has moved, which means far too many people right in your neighborhood right in your workplaces and schools, have never darkened the door of a church yet. And I say yet because there is another absolute truth that you and I need to be aware of in the world today is that people who don't know Jesus are searching. They are actually searching for God, but they just don't know him. They don't know the name of Jesus beyond someone using it as a curse word. They don't know his love, but they are people who are struggling with loneliness, hopelessness. They are struggling and hungry and thirsty, and they continue to look to the world to satisfy their greatest needs. And you and I know that never works. In fact, it only brings more destruction. People are seeking, even if they don't know it yet, what only God can give them. But if they see the church as obsolete, they see the church as irrelevant, then they're not going to seek us. They don't see God's gathered people as an avenue or a way to get what their hearts yearn for. And so we must go to them. God's people scattered. God's people living missionally, wherever he places you, ready to love those people well. And Jesus, again, is way out ahead of you. He's already doing the heavy lifting He's already working on their hearts and minds, preparing the soil, getting them ready for us to come alongside of Him and to love them well and maybe one day earn the right to share the love of Jesus. So hopefully we see there's two huge things. One, the U.S. is one of the largest mission fields in the world. Secondly, our world is changing rapidly and the river has moved. But I'll tell you what, Jesus' mission has never changed. I'm going to wrap this time up with you as we begin this amazing journey together over these eight weeks by just, I want to call your attention to God's calling on you through the eyes of the Apostle Paul. And I think we have time for the fun thing too. We got four minutes. And you're like, you're changing subjects. Really? Four minutes? I can do it. I can do it. 
I want to share with you something I just think is beautiful, maybe helps you let the Word of God just sink deeply down inside of you. Uh, Again, the words that, that Michael read a little bit ago are when Paul is standing before King Agrippa, and he's describing what happened to him, how Jesus was messing with him on the way to Damascus, and how he got Paul to start thinking and living missionally as a way of life. And, and I believe what these words say are really the big why behind we're looking at, at joining Jesus on his mission. And so here's the thing. For those of you who don't know this about me, um, I used to do deaf ministry, so I did a lot of sign language, and I'm going to teach you something in sign language. Uh, any of our Messiah school kids here, I did this with them in chapel a couple of weeks ago. We learned this first part, so you, any of our kids with us today, you can help me out here. But I want to teach you this because it is so beautiful to understand God's calling on us, and I want this to sink in for you today. So first thing you got to do, always tell the kids, shake out your hands. Got to see that you're with me. Okay, you're with me. I'm going to just this first part of this, I'm going to teach you this. Let me do it first, and then I'll invite you to do it with me. Anytime you sign the word I, but when I'm talking for God, I'm doing this because it's not me. It's I. And so God says, I am sending you to them. Who are them? They're those people who don't know Jesus yet. I am sending you to them. To do what? To open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. That's what we're, all right, so do it with me, all right? So uh, if you watched me, you can do it, you can do it, just, just follow along. It, eight o'clock was on top of it, see how good you are. So, I am sending you to them to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Yeah, you guys did awesome job. Awesome job. Yeah, give yourself a round of applause. I want that to sink in for you because now I'll sign this for you. I'm not going to ask you to do it in return, but here's why. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among, and I'll throw in us, who have been sanctified by faith in me. Why are we to join Jesus on his mission? To open eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they will know the same gift of forgiveness you and I know, so that we will know and they will know that gift of life. God will open eyes as we join him on his mission. Let's get ready for an adventure. Amen? Amen. Amen.